You're listening to DraftKings Network. Hey, real quick, I just want to let you know that we're about to start the show, but I want to apologize for how bad the audio is on Christian's microphone. We tried everything we can do to fix it. It sounds not so good, but it's mostly in the beginning, and then it kind of cools out a little bit throughout the show. If it's really, really bad, we want to apologize, but please listen to the show. It's a lot of fun. You already downloaded it. You already hit play. What are you going to do now? You're not going to listen to it? Come on, get out of here. Hey, this is Alexi Lawless. There is nobody in U.S. soccer that is more important than the Cooligans. Yeah, baby! Yo! Come on! Look at this. This is some... If we do late-night Cooligans, we do morning Cooligans, and now it's late afternoon Cooligans. Dude, it's Cooligans all day, every day. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. Yes, we. This is uh, now our our second episode of our two cooligans a week, uh, you know, system. It's and, almost uh, too much cooligans. Nah, no, there's no such thing. Nah, there's no such thing. Are we are we saturating the market with too many cooligans? Never. I mean, you know what it is? Is that it's the supply and demand. There's so little supply. Fraud is That's demand. Right. That's right, man. We got we got that that this is that that crack rock on these streets, all right? The, the, <laughs> they, they, the fiends are is asking for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and we're just we're just delivering the market what they what they what they're demanding, all right? We're not and we're, not, and we're, we're, we're giving it we're to them. We're not bad people. No, we're not bad people. We're giving it to them, and they're just sucking it up through their absorbentes. <laughs> exactly. All right. If we create a couple addicts here and there, that ain't, that ain't our problem. All right. We didn't. Hey. We didn't invent the addiction. We just selling the drug. That's all. And that's it, baby. <laughs> we just giving them that good, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome to the show, everybody. My name is Christian Polanco. My name is Alexis Guerrero. And together, and, what are we? Oh, you know what we are. We're the goddamn cooligans. Uh, we're yeah, that's right. And there you and go. We're your favorite stand-up comedian that hosts a soccer podcast. Uh, and it's and it's easily, easily by far. I mean, there's not. I don't even know. If anyone's even close at this point, but we're easily the funniest soccer podcast that you've ever listened to. Yo, that's bar none, but we're not just that. We, we are that, but we're not just that. We also happen to be the damn gulliest soccer podcast that's in right. the whole and world. You, and, you, and you become a more gully person. You are a gullier person by listening to this show. So, you're, you know, so thank you for listening. Also, you're welcome for uh, increasing your street cred. Yeah, you know, your personal gullometers are starting to move up. <laughs> And the other thing is that you become gully via osmosis. <laughs> yes, uh, I would. I, at some point in the future, we'll have Alexis explain what osmosis is. Uh, that's <laughs> that's going to be a fun show. <laughs> I'm, those are actually two of my friends. I have a homie named Oz and one named Moses. <laughs> uh, a good, good, good duo. Those two guys. I love. Oh, uh, they're great guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, look, there's um. There's a couple things going on uh, that will that we'll get that we'll get to because we you know but in reality we have to go straight into uh, Seattle and Portland because that was uh, absolutely insane. So before we get right into that, we have to say again thank you to the people that make this episode even possible, the Gully Squad. 
right? The gully and- squad. This is all because of them. I, you know, it's not just for them. They're giving to us and allowing us to share with you. Yeah, so you need to thank them. If you see a Gully Squad uh, member uh, on the street, you need to hug them and kiss them and say thank you for, uh, you know, coercing the Cooligans into making more content for all of us. All right? They are, you're probably wondering, how do you know when someone's a Gully Squad member? There's a couple different ways you could tell. Maybe they're playing dice. <laughs> if they're playing dice, there's a very good chance that they are a Gully Squad member. So if, uh, you know, for... Those people that want to be a part of the Gully Squad, it's very easy to join. Just go to SoccerCooligans.com, hit the Join the Gully Squad button right there on the menu, and there's a bunch of cool rewards and features uh, that come with uh, being a Gully Squad member. So uh, best way to do that, uh, click on that Join the Gully Squad button, and uh, you'll see all the options. You can you can throw us five bucks a month, just uh, you know, and just just to help be a part of the show, contribute into into some of the things that we talk about. So. Let's uh let's do the let's do the damn thing. Seattle against Portland. Alexis, you were filming a, a sketch yesterday, correct? Yeah, I was filming a sketch for Comedy Central. Um, they were it involves uh, naked people in a buffet, and I was not one of them. Thank you, and you're welcome to society. <laughs> Uh, luckily no one has to see or witness or experience that except for the one person who was foolish enough to say yes to me when I asked her to marry me. Uh, (laughs) but I was there. So I was the, the, uh, I was was someone in, I guess I can't talk about too, too much until it comes out, but neither, uh, neither, uh, whatever. Nevertheless, I was there. And I was in a different room and I was basically by myself for about an hour. So I thought to myself, Hey, that Seattle-Portland game happens to be happening, so why don't I turn that on and watch it from my phone? Thank you, technology. As soon as I turn it on, it is the 67th minute, which is right when Atanella bottles that, that catch uh, and uh, Rui Diaz happens to be in the right place at the right time and scores. And I think to myself, well, this must have been an incredible game for the last 67 minutes. And it was not. You would <laughs> be completely wrong about that, right? Um, uh, you so- know how I know you're right? Because I clicked the highlights this morning when I woke up to watch it, and it started at the exact same spot I turned the game on. Yeah, Nothing so the- in the first 67 minutes happened that was uh, highlight-worthy? Yeah, that's basically how it happened. Well, the the issue was that this game was in uh, was in the West Coast, right? So... Uh, but but it had a 10:30 Eastern start time. What 10:30? That's what it was listed. This is MLS is notorious. U.S. Soccer is is notorious for this. Where uh, at this point, when a game is, if it says that the kickoff time is 10:30 p.m., which is very late on uh, anywhere in the in the world, uh, you, we should we should be given the actual start time because this game didn't actually kick off till 11 p.m. Eastern, all right? So this is, uh, it almost started, you know how uh, I remember hearing Bob Costas talk about this a lot during uh, when when baseball was on NBC and and uh, and the Yankees, remember the Yankees-Red Sox series that would go uh, extra innings and the, and the games would, uh, you know, you'd have a walk-off homer at like 3:30 in the morning when that and and part of it is like oh well the, a lot of the kids that were watching the beginning of this game didn't even get a chance to see it and that's sort of the what the game the game start on the east coast the game started on a t- like at a point where it was too late 
for kids to even start watching it. You know what I mean? It, the game yeah. probably should have started a little bit sooner. So a lot of people were asleep and didn't see the second half or extra time uh, of, of one of the greatest games in MLS history. I mean, I think it, uh, it, it's up there. I know it, it's we, we already had the, what was the other one? Montreal, Toronto. That was, what, two years ago. Um, that was incredible because we were that, there. That second leg, that was just insane. So, uh, so th- yeah. So, th- th- the game in itself was first half, not much going on. You know, I think Portland came out, like, pretty, pretty defensive. And they knew the, they knew the strategy. If we get if we get a 0-0 zero, zero, zero result, we're through. Uh, and they did well in the first half defensively. Credit to Seattle for being, even without Chad Marshall, without Roldan, we're still uh, pretty dominant. In, in that first half, especially on the ball, I don't know if it was I don't know if it was Portland playing a little softer or if it was Seattle uh, putting on the pressure. But do you think they... that it's? Do you also think that it might be just? And now having watched Portland throughout a season um, with Gio Savarese, it seems like Gio doesn't have the exact players he wants. But then again, he comes from the NASL, where you know he's not he doesn't just be like yo go get me one of these players. He has to sort of do with what he has. Do you yeah. think that this is you think he's playing this defensively because he's done this in other games, right? He doesn't just do this when it's like, oh, just bunker down and win. It seems to be his style of just like, yo, stay defensive. We don't want the ball, but when we get it, we're going to hurt you. Do you think he's doing this because that's the style of play he wants or because this these are the players he has? Because it was smart to do it in this game, but there's other times where you're like, "Come on." I don't know. I mean, uh it, it didn't seem like Look, if if Seattle would have scored in that first half, I, I mean, I think things would have been a little bit different. And they did have a lot of chances. They didn't. Uh, they, they, there was the, the, the one uh, cross, that the header from Roman Torres that Rui Diaz just, like, uh, hit across the goal and, and, and missed. Um, there were a, a, a lot of opportunities. There were a lot of uh, not great chances created, but a couple. And I, I it, it seemed like in... I, I was confident that Portland would probably hold on because Seattle just couldn't finish chances and they weren't getting great ones. So I, I thought the game was probably going to end up 0-0. Uh, and, and, and boy, was I wrong. Because once that first goal went in, the the floodgates absolutely opened. And and this is the... This is why the first first legs... I, I'm, I'm genuinely surprised that the first leg of... The, of, of this series was as good as it was. We got three goals in that first one because that's usually not the case, right? It's usually, look, all the other games were like 1-0, uh, uh, right, but the majority of them. And so we're not, uh, I think all of them were 1-0, all the first legs ex- except for uh, Portland-Seattle. So uh, due to that, it, it, you, you sort of, you're cautious in the first game and then, you go out guns blazing in the second one, right? And th- and that's exactly what happened here. Uh, but it was just wildly entertaining. There, every single thing I just couldn't believe was happening. I'm like, oh, once once Seattle scored, I'm like, oh, that's it. Portland's done. There's no. They haven't. They haven't even connected three, four passes in the in in the game. How the hell are they gonna just turn it on? But something happens when one team scores. They they got a, a sense of comfort of like, all right, we're good. We got the lead. And and that kept in in those last thirty minutes that kept flipping back. It was like a hot potato of like losing confidence. Like whoever has the potato 
is sad at the moment, right? Which is usually how most people feel after eating a bunch of potatoes. So the th- speak for yourself. <laughs> which is that was very clear. It was just like as soon as somebody scored, that they they were like, all right, we're good. We're we're, we're gonna win this game. And obviously, each team was was wrong at the point uh, at each moment. But holy crap, what an entertaining game! One of the most Entertaining games I've seen in a very, very long time and uh, across world soccer. Just, uh, you know, I mean, th- this is, uh, you know, I like Champions League. I remember I was re- reminded me of the Champions League final and like un- unexpected things happen, which is like you, you see these, you know, the bicycle kick from Gareth Bale. And then in the semifinal was from Ronaldo. And like you we have these uh, just spectacular things that happen, but they they. They're not as like, uh, you know, the quality of MLS is you you you're not gonna find many bicycle kicks, but the 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 quality of the excitement is I would say even. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: no one no one is gonna sit here and claim that MLS is a higher level or a higher quality of soccer than Premier League or Champions League, right? But Fun doesn't always have to have the equivalency of talent, right? So if we may, you know, those teams may be way more, you know, uh, you know, set quality wise, but that doesn't mean it's more fun to watch. And that's something that you and I've brought up now every time the MLS playoffs have happened. It's that, yeah, okay. Maybe we don't have the number one league in the world, but it is undeniable that this is fun. <laughs> Without a doubt. And, and what made it more fun uh, was really, look, I mean, we got, we got bloopers uh, galore, right? We have the, the Jeff Atanella uh, just bobble, bobbling that ball. Uh, and, and, and then it led to, um, you know what was the next the next goal? Uh, that was a great goal from Rui Diaz, right? That wasn't an easy goal. Like just because he dropped the ball, he still had to kind of uh, uh, have a presence of mind and, and to strike the ball the way he did uh, with with a couple of people around him. Not easy. And then the and uh, you have the, to have that poacher's instinct. Uh, totally. And then but then the 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 goal the goal last was that like it was the the poor clearance. I think it was Blanco that that was trying to clear the ball and looked like he he set it up for just a gorgeous assist uh, for Rui Diaz to have just a, a banger of a goal. Um, I don't even know. There wasn't enough room for Rui Diaz to strike that ball around the players that were in front of him. Rui <laughs> Diaz, look how it looked. I mean, it took him a minute, but when he got comfortable, the dude got hot. Yo, yeah. that dude next season is going to be a problem. There was literally a, just, if you look at the video from behind the goal, it looks like just from his ankle down to his toes are exposed beyond the player, just outside the, the player that was in front of him. And that was all the room he needed for the ball to come off and then kind of curl back around the players that were in front of it. It was just one of the most insane goals. Watching something like that, you're like, no one's stopping that. No one. <laughs> It was uh, impressive, and then then what we had the, we had a handball in the box from Sebastian Blanco, who who had just previously previously scored uh, another you know amazing goal, and and just the game had it all right, and and Jair Marufo the the ref in this game was uh, especially in the first I, it was a tale of two halves right because the first half I thought he was uh, incredibly 
chill with the whistle, right? He was not calling almost anything on, and, and there were several actual fouls and, or even some plays that seemed like, uh, oh, it, it might be good to play advantage here. Uh, and where, where they, they might've been serious injuries. Like he, I, I didn't understand, uh, his exact like strategy and how he was roughing that game because he, he, he did let a lot go, but regardless of that, it, it you know, it, it made the game a bit more entertaining. Right. So of course, um, I mean, but that's also that's that is one of the complaints people make about MLS that it's sometimes very physical or they keep the whistles in their pockets. And from all the memes uh, I saw and the messages going back in the group chat, it seems like he was letting him play. He was very, very much letting him play. I mean, it, it almost felt like the, you know, the, the last like um, minute of, a, of an NBA game where the, it would it would you don't want to see the games end in like a foul and then two free throws. You know what I mean? Like they sort of let. A couple extra, they let some physicality go because it's like, oh, this makes for a more entertaining game. But he was doing that in the first forty-five minutes. He was just really letting him, letting him fly. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't put any blame on him uh, towards the result of the game. I thought, you know, he 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 made the game more entertaining, but didn't affect it in any real negative way because obviously they, it ended up in in penalties. But uh, watching this game, I was like, I I don't even know. I I must have woken up my neighbors screaming, especially after the Espria goal, where I just couldn't believe. I, like it, you know, it's not easy for the the Timbers to go to CenturyLink Field and just have a game like that. They that's not. It's so rare for this rivalry to have a game with that many goals in it. I, I it's like. It's not very common. You know, they haven't both been in MLS that long. Uh, but it's not something uh, we're used to seeing. Most of the games are like 1-0, 2-1, 2 nil. Like, they, they play they play to not lose because they know how important it is to the fans. And, and that's not that they don't want to win, but you know, you know what I mean. I mean, they don't – they definitely they, – they more don't want to lose than they want to win. That's my feeling of, like, well, the strategy that they put forth. It seems to me like these teams don't go out and develop teams or go out and buy players for the league. They do it to be each other. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, what, sure. what's Seattle doing? Well, then well, we got to, we got, well, they got better forwards. We got to get best, better center backs. Like, it seems like they're always trying to one up each other, which part of that is that's what makes it a great rivalry. It, you can yeah. tell from, I can tell just from the highlights, the passion at that stadium and us knowing supporters of Seattle who are good friends of ours and supporters of Portland who are good friends of ours, you know, shouts to corn, a corn dog squadron, shouts to Kale Parker, shouts to Eric Keating, shouts the Timbers are shouts like uh, Igor guys like that and and people like that that are sitting there telling you that is the most that is the most exciting that is the most important that is the most special moment for the season for them is when they play each other and to have that and in the playoffs yeah that's what I love about this rivalry and because it, it it's similar to look in, in in world soccer right all over the world the Manchester Derby uh, uh you know the the Super Clasico a, a, a classical, right? A lot of times, the the fans of these teams, well, even if they have a bad season, you know, they might say, like when Manchester City won, um, uh, the the uh, the Premier League last year, you know, but they also, I don't, did they lose twice to Manchester United or they drew? I don't know. They but Manchester United won the Derby that season, 
So everybody could be like, yo, oh, well, Manchester City, 100 points, won the Prem. But then Manchester United fans are always going to be like, ah, but you didn't beat us that season. Right, right. And it's like, fine, we didn't win a trophy, but at least we beat, we won in the Derby. You know what I mean? And that's something you could really take away from it. Yeah, and and I know going forward, even if Portland does not go on to win MLS Cup, they could be talking trash to each other. Uh, you know, you know, between the two teams, but Portland always is always gonna be like, uh, yeah, we didn't win the cup, but you know, we knocked you out of the playoffs, right? <laughs> We're in, you're out, the whole thing, right? So, uh, it, it, the this was this was a great showcase of that rivalry. What the worst part about it was that the game that everything happened so late. So we know there there are definitely a, a large amount of people that didn't get to see how exciting it actually was live. Uh, which is to me the only wrinkle uh, on it, but nevertheless, incredibly, incredibly entertaining. Well, I mean, it's also a good opportunity to tell people to go. I think if you, what is it on the app, you can still get the condensed matches, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, dude, download the MLS app. Go watch that condensed match. It's twenty minutes, and it's gonna start from the sixty-seventh minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, penalties were were pretty intense as well. Now wait, uh, hold we on. A- now maybe you could explain this to me because the highlights didn't show this. What happened? Because I saw in the group chat people were saying that the players weren't aware, and then I watched the post game, which MLS put up on Twitter, and it showed that it looks like some of the players were hugging after the three two full time, and yes, uh, and it was Zarek Valentin who had to go around going no 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 this what is it away goals don't count anymore right so what, yeah away goals don't uh, aren't tiebreakers in extra time so because they it was four four aggregate and they technically scored more away goals uh portland scored more away goals uh a lot of the players thought that they went on to win the game uh but they were wrong and, and it the seemed main, like all the latino players it seemed like the main the culprit the main culprit were were a lot of the the non-american either mostly latino players i i, I noticed i mean sebastian blanco uh, uh just as soon as the the final whistle of extra of the the second uh extra time on his knees celebrating he's like thank you god i couldn't have done this without the main man in the sky and then and <laughs> yeah. around thank you so much for getting us the penalties <laughs> it is, thank you for blessing me with this ang- anxiety ridden opportunity <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah it was it was pretty hilarious uh he didn't know clearly he did not know that it was going to go to penalties uh my favorite moment was when he hugged Diego Valeri, and he's just embracing him. He's like, "Thank you, man. We did it together. You, you are my Argentinian brother, and yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad to, to, to toil and, and grind with you." And then you see him really give him a, a, a strong hug, and then you, and the camera catches him looking over Valeri's shoulder to someone up clearly approaching him, and he's, and he's like, "What?" Like you can see his face just go from absolute elation to like, "Yo." He's like looking at his team. It's like, yo, why aren't you celebrating? Because you, you know, we work really hard for this. Are you not standing with me as as my brother in, on the Portland Timbers to celebrate this incredible accomplishment? <laughs> and then Zach Valentin is over going to explaining. He's like, hey man, uh, now nah, man, we we there's still some game left. <laughs> it's like uh what you call it he's like what the, you're not good enough to celebrate with me and my and my <laughs> South American brethren? Oh, there's what? Oh uh, what? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was a, a funny moment. Uh, just another one of those uh, fun MLS 
uh, moments. You know, uh, the, it, it sort of reminds me of the uh, what was the one that, the the Cali Clasico uh, with with the San Jose mascot when Beckham was arguing <laughs> with a bunch of the players, and then and the mascot is arguing as well, holding up a sign that that says like. MLS on ESPN Thursdays or something like that. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Next, <laughs> next, uh, next, coming up next, Sports Center on ESPN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, it's just one of those lovely, fun, silly moments. With, uh, but you know what? A lot of these, it, it's weird. Uh, a, a lot of, you know, the players that come here aren't, aren't they're not in these scenarios uh, very often. Even if you do make the playoffs every single year, you know, they may not even know. I, I, I think. I'm gonna say that the Timbers hadn't. Um, had, had they, they've been in penalties. Yeah, they've obviously been in penalties in the playoffs. Yeah, but right? you know the playoff system here is very different, and it's not just the playoff system. It's you know there are you know two leg knockout stage type of bracket competitions in almost every other in every other country even if it's just for you know like uh i guess what you would call like continental champions like uh champions league and and copa libertadores so these guys do get a chance to play in those but it just it's that thing about mls where they just have to say how does everyone else do it all right we'll do it like that except for this one thing and yeah, so it's, a, it's I, always I just like it. this weird little remix i saw a tweet from Zach Goldman, um, you've seen him on. He's on our timeline a lot. I'm sure if you yeah, are damn yank. Soccer, that that damn yank. Uh, at yeah. that damn yank. Uh, and he, I didn't know about this, uh, but but when this happened, he mentioned how the MLS playoffs used to have a, a best of three series that were uh, based on points, so you could tie in games. Uh, so if you if you won if you won the first two. Uh, then, then you you moved on. But if you tied, uh, any any of the first two, there would be a third game. I I, n- I never knew that that was a thing. Yeah, you know, I was talking to a friend of ours, comedian Chris Scopo, um, who, if you've met, he is basically the the human form of Adelie in Queens. Uh, sure. With yeah, a big old ass. If, if yeah, you ever yeah. want to see just the nicest ass on a man or woman, uh, it's Chris Scopo. It is honestly, the dude could never go to jail. It would just be, it would be rough yeah, for him. Yes, uh, I mean there there would be a revolving door going straight into his room. Uh, I mean, and honestly, he'd probably he'd be getting a lot of cigarettes. You know what I mean? He'd be getting a lot of cartons of cigarettes. So, uh, so I was talking to him. He's not a he's not a uh, you know a, a soccer fan at all, but he wants to learn more. And he's like, "So what is it?" And I was explaining it's aggregate. He's like, "What does aggregate mean?" I go, "It's two games, and then they add up the scores." And he goes, "What if there's a tie?" And I said, "Whoever scored the most goals away from home, like on the road, they're the ones who pass. And if that's tied, I go, then they go to extra time and penalties." He goes, "What are you doing? Why don't you just go best of three? And I said, "You know what? It's not a terrible idea." Yeah, it's um, it changes the. I mean, you we don't need more games, right? That that's. Uh, Are you would, sure about that though? It would be more games, and it it's just a little too demanding on on a season of soccer, right? Because most most leagues have what thirty eight games, um, and like the Premier League, and I think and La Liga have thirty eight, um. When if you if you win MLS Cup, you will you will have played thirty. So if you if you and if you don't make it to the knockout round, you will have played thirty. Uh, 
38 games? 30, no, 39. If you win MLS Cup and you don't go to the knockout round, you would have played 39 games. Uh, so, th 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 and then it's like, with the knockout, if you if you play, then it's four. It's just, it's it's too much. It's, you're, there's already too many games as it is. Look, I love penalties. I prefer it the way it is now, but I do, I do kind of wish away goals counted, regardless of whether you went to extra time or not. You know, I get the point, like, if you go to extra time, it's probably going to go to penalties, which is a ratings bonanza. You know, like, I get that. Um, so the league is trying to to get it to that, which makes sense. But at the end of the day, I prefer it to be two. But I don't I don't necessarily disagree that a best out of three is a bad idea, especially if you got a buy. Now you have a real advantage. If you got a buy in that first knockout round, boom, you've got an actual advantage. You got rest. You were good. And plus, MLS refuses, refuses to get this thing done before the international break. So you're going to get a week break anyway. But you're you're asking for a lot of people. I would say more people are on the side of making uh, the semifinal and the Eastern Conference and Western Conference final one game, make them all knockout games as opposed to two legs. I think more people are on that side than on the side of let's add a third game in case we need one. I, I we, look, we had an incredibly entertaining game uh, with the format that we had. Could Most you imagine another one? <laughs> uh, imagine. Yeah, I'm sure Seattle Sounders fans would want another one, but no, that's not that. Uh, right not now, right now, Kale Parker's like, listen to Alexis. He's got <laughs> some good ideas. <laughs> so, look, we love you, Sounders friends. Uh, it's I know it's uh, hard, and, you know, this, then, you know, this weekend, there's going to be a lot of disappointed people. You know, it might be Atlanta United fans. It might be NYCFC fans. Who knows what's going to happen, but we all, we're all we all here to comfort each other because clearly there is only one team that is going to, you know, that is able to lift the trophy. Um, but again, like the thing that should give you some solace is is that it's single entity, so whoever wins, we all win. Uh, yeah, technically we're all making money. And also, there's only one team that wins every year, and that's Gully Squad. So Exactly. <laughs> all day, straight up, uh, just, uh, you know, positive gold differential uh every every single year uh so undefeated undefeated, undefeated. never lost <laughs> uh the penalties were interesting uh you know who took them lucas milano i think took the first penalty if i'm not mistaken which i thought was uh a bold move i'm like i i didn't even expect milano to have that kind of confidence to be like yo i'm f i know i haven't been here in like two years but i'm first I know uh, none of you know who I am, but watch what I'ma do. <laughs> <laughs> but he uh he scored the first one. The the misses, uh who missed? Uh Will Bruin, I think, missed the first one. Uh we had the first miss from him hitting the post. You can sort of feel um you know, I don't know what it is. It's just sometimes the the way they walk up to take to the penalty spot, it's just something, right? And uh and like what you can see the difference between a um Rui Diaz penalty and and uh, you know and a Valeri penalty and then when you have uh, just some of the other players like towards the middle of like the pay grade uh, of these teams and boy, yeah, once oh you boy. get away from them tan players you're like uh oh <laughs> Valeri just absolutely blasted it uh, same with Rui Diaz but then Bru Bruin and I, I also Ozzy Alonso I don't know what I know it's Guano. 
Ah, just a soft, just not a confident penalty there. And and he he sent that that tweet apologizing to Sounders fans. He's he's very much. He's uh, the heart and soul of that team, and you know it broke yeah, his dude. heart to miss that shot. Yeah. Yeah. I dropped so. I dropped my uh, Roba Vieja on the floor <laughs> as soon as he missed it. I wasn't even watching the game. I just knew, you yeah. know, like that, that that beacon of Cubans we know. <laughs> you dropped it in front of all the naked people you were filming with. All uh, the naked people. <laughs> uh, so the who ends up um, getting the the winning penalty? Uh, Dyron, 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 and Dyron uh, gets that. Who I, whose name I besmirched uh, last uh, <laughs> on the the Wednesday episode, uh, or yeah. maybe it was previous uh, the previous uh, second episode of the week, um, where I said, you know, look, the guy can't score, the guy's doing nothing. Why is he here? Uh, that was all right, but apparently when he comes to the playoffs, my man shows up. He's big game. He don't don't bother him for anything other than hot Reg- pressure moments. Regular season, never heard of it. All right, nah. I'm, all, I'm I'm here for playoffs and playoffs exclusively. Oh you oh you have a league that doesn't have playoffs, then I will not do well. Do not hire me. How am I supposed to perform in a league? <laughs> Where you don't go into a bracket at the end of the season, my guy, because that's the only time I wake up. I'm out here hibernating and get my hair dyed. Yeah, he had a great game. Yeah, clearly blondes do have more fun. He was incredible. Uh, that that the header that he hit, the the pass that he he got from Diego Valeri was just one of those balls that looked like how's the ball? It it looked like it had a propeller on it to guide yes. it perfectly to Aspria's head. Because I just couldn't understand the, the perfect, absolutely pinpoint glide it took to land. It, and it was, it could only land on Aspria's head. There was nobody else it could reach. Over, over towards uh, and behind, um, uh, I don't know who the right back is, but or the left back. But it was uh, just incredible. So, uh Again, it, it just the the game had all the pageantry and and ridiculousness and excitement and crazy calls that that we want from from any from any sport. Uh, Remember but, the old Bugs Bunny cartoons where he would pitch the ball in a baseball like uh, nah, cartoon? Nah, nah, I only I only I only watched the new Bugs Bunny stuff, man. I, I don't watch that old shit. You don't want that old shit? Well, maybe they did this <laughs> in the new one. Where he would have like a dial, he would have like a thing where he could like, he had like a dial he can turn on the baseball, like wind it up. And when he threw it, it would go like crazy knuckleball. And the person would try oh, to yeah. swing the bat like seven times at it and would miss it. That's kind of what Diego Valeri can do. Because it seems like the ball, he trains the ball with his foot instantly to sort of dodge the opposing defenders and go straight to the forehead of a player wearing the same jersey as him. Um, yeah, it was unreal. So, also, uh, don't forget, Dyron Espria also with that layoff, with that layoff to Sebastian Blanco. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Outside, I mean, the, the kid, the kid's doing it all. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, um, Where are the, you in the bu- summer, Dyron? <laughs> <laughs> it was a bummer. Um, I felt bad for Harry Ship in that in that goal because he he just got nutmegged and then Stephen Fry just couldn't see it. Uh, but again, I just couldn't believe that there were so many goals in this game. It really, you just, it, it never happens in these games. It's just never the case. 
It's so wild. I mean, what a what a wild back and forth. I mean, if you're Seattle, you're you're pissed you lost this game because it went to it went to penalties and you had a chance and you were down, you had injuries, and yet you still gutted it out in the end and you got it to pens. And you honestly, if you if you told me that you have Stephen Fry who we've seen do Superman-like things. And on the other side, you have a guy who just dropped the ball and couldn't catch it during this game, and that led to the other team's first goal. You, I guarantee you, 9 out of 10, you'd pick Stefan Fry. And, you know, for someone like Atanella to be able to come back from that mid-game, to be able to gain that confidence back, that's a credit to his captain, that's a credit to him, and that's a credit to his back line being like, because I remember when he was sort of feeling bad for himself, I forget who it was, but it was one of, I believe one of the center backs walked up to him and was like, you could see him start to be like, hey, snap out of it, we need you in this game, Not now's not the time for to feel bad for yourself, you know what I mean? The yeah, fact that I'm- he was able to come back and just put himself in position to at least get them to a penalty uh to penalty shootout. Well, I mean, come on. Yeah, it was it was it was incredible. So, um uh let let's talk about some other things real quick um uh, because there were a couple of things that we missed this week that uh that we wanted to talk about. But there was a I saw a tweet from Charles Boehm, uh you know, a homie, right? Writes for mlssoccer.com, uh covers the league and uh you know, also we 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 went to In and Out Burger together, so it's uh you know we got we got to make sure we give him a shout out. Hold on but, a second, we went to In and Out In and Out Burger at like two in the morning with him. So right. yeah, I, I mean I, we're practically I, family now. Sometimes people think that like MLS and the people who cover it aren't can't get litty at two three a.m. Uh, you know in Dallas, uh, but no, that's not the case. Okay, you just don't you just don't know you don't know the MLS and the people who cover it the way we know MLS and the people who cover it. <laughs> All right, the people they they're capable of having a good time. Trust me. All right, they they can they can toss a few back and and really uh uh t- tell you how they really feel about stuff. So it's it's pretty it's pretty fun. So, uh, but Charles Boehm, uh, great dude, and he was uh he he put out a tweet about Orlando City, uh, referring to he said there was a player that was um that they that I guess they were going to waive this uh this season or not resign and uh it they they didn't realize that they they they, he had a clause in his contract that said that he if he played a certain amount of games that they would it it would trigger uh his option uh so that they would they would have to resign him for another year and we didn't he didn't say who it was i i don't know why uh, specifically he was being coy but we did learn that uh, it was made public that it was Will Johnson of Orlando City, and he was uh, I I don't know the exact number of games, but he played in one extra game that he essentially uh, the, the team probably didn't want him to play in, uh, and and because of that they are forced to resign him for another year. Uh, Could you imagine the embarrassment? Could you imagine the embarrassment? You bring the dude in for an exit interview, and you're like, hey, this was great, but we're not going to need you. We're not going to pick up your option. You're like, what are you talking about? You're not going to pick up my option. Uh, You got to. And it's to the tune of $450,000 a year. Dog, in, in MLS? You you just 
You just fucked up $450,000 of a cap in MLS because you made the dude play one extra game. You're, I mean, this is like, I mean, the jokes that Atlanta fans make about Orlando. I Look, you know, Orlando's had a rough year. You know, we used to talk about how great their fans are. and It's been rough, man. Those last few games barely had anyone in it. But. I, dude, I, the one thing I will say is the fans that are there do stick by this team. Yo, this is a dumpster fire right now. Yeah, it's it's very very bad. They, um, and your coach look, is wearing hats. <laughs> he got you know, look. The sun is dangerous to that man. He's trying to <laughs> stay away from that. That's <laughs> that every opportunity. Yeah. Um, look, I feel bad. I feel bad for Orlando. Because of uh, how bad their season was, and it, it isn't. Well, a you thing can't to feel say, good for them. <laughs> no, 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 but it, it, it's not to say that the Orlando had a bad season because Will Johnson was there. Uh, it, it's one of those things where the, the whole team needs to be gutted, right? They need to kind of start from the from scratch to see. Who, it's basically Sasha question, and then I don't know who else. Who's Dom Dwyer. That's it. Dom, Dom Dwyer, Dwyer is probably Chris, the only person you really need. Sasha Kleshner no, is great as Chris he is. Mueller, Chris, Chris Money Mueller, their rookie, that was that was the but best. But he's coming back. He's he was injured. He's, he's coming, coming he's, back. He's a, yeah, he's gonna be there. Uh, and he, by the way, he's, he's training with Eddie Johnson. Yeah, I did see that. That was cool. Uh, so the uh, it, it you can make fun of them for this, uh, this blunder. It's just like the team is bad on the field. Then they're clearly also bad in the front office, right? The, it, it really shows that it's a lot, a lot of these teams are not, they're not run by these uh, masterminds. They're just normal people, right? And there's just some, some paperwork that was overlooked, didn't realize, uh, you know, whoever's the, like the VP of player personnel or whatever, uh, whoever handles these books was not aware. They, like there wasn't that communication. Look, they, fi- they fired. Uh, they 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 fired Jason Christ. They had a, a interim manager. Uh, and and then got got a uh, uh you know hired somebody permanently. And so you know there's a lot of breakdown in communication with all these things changing. That this got this got overlooked. Uh, maybe the maybe um uh the coach didn't realize what was going on. Maybe put him on the the you know in the lineup when he wasn't supposed to. Just stuff like that where. It's a uh, the, the from from top to bottom. No, but you're you're forgiving. I you can't forgive this because we get. I mean, it's fun because we're we're watching it kind of like a soap opera. But you forget there's people who are putting a good large chunk of their lives and their livelihoods into supporting this team. This isn't good enough. You don't get a pass because it's funny or you don't get a pass because, oh, it's a simple human mistake. You don't get that. $450,000 to one player who you had not wanted on your team is a big deal when you had the chance to make sure that didn't happen. There's people who don't make a lot of money that are giving a good chunk of their of their income. Money that that could go towards their kids' braces or their kids' education or their their future retirement to stand there every weekend and a root for your team. And you just allow this blunder to happen. And almost the worst part is it leaks out. How do you not find a way to save face? You 
There's people who are putting a lot of time and money and effort into rooting for your success, and you're allowing yourself to fail at a comical rate. That's not cool. You don't get a pass. I don't give you the, ah, humans make mistakes. Do better. People are trying really hard to root for you. You need to do better, and if you can't do better, you need to go find people who will do better and get my man a canopy so he's not just running around in them Indiana Jones hats. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm not giving him a pass. I'm just trying to explain what the hell happened. But yes, without a doubt, it's a $450,000 mistake. Which that's, is, I, you can't, I can't. That's a bad one. Yeah, that's a big one, man. <laughs> you can't minimize that when you when you consider that they're playing with a cap. I mean, it, it almost makes sense to pay him more and to give him Tam to knock that number all the way down. That's how bad of a mistake this is. It sits it's in like, that it, perfect pocket where it's too expensive for a, a player you're not going to use, but too cheap as a Tam player where you could buy it down. You need to pay him more so you could buy it down and think of what you've just done. You've just spent more money and more Tam on a player you don't have plans for the future uh, with. Yeah, Orlando's just like, um, well, Will, I guess we made a mistake, and now you will be the highest paid player in Major League Soccer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, look, we don't want you here, so we got to make you a DP. Uh, <laughs> okay, yo, Jovinko, yeah, you're gonna pay more than him. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just funny how that works out sometimes. <laughs> it's uh, we got we got I don't know, man. We made you we made you start too many games. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's, it's funny that just like a clerical error just leads to just a monumental blunder, uh, where it's just like, yeah, where, you know, kids, you, you're not getting braces this year. And, oh yeah, I, I understand, uh, you have uh, a terminal disease, but Will, Will Johnson got to get paid. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, Will Johnson, remember when he came in the game that we were losing by four? So homie, homie gets all your Christmas gifts this year. <laughs> So, um, so that was just, just insane. Uh, the next thing, uh, we'll wrap up with this stuff. The, uh, a lot of these European leagues are getting out of pocket. All right, uh, there's a lot going on. If you don't know, Der Spiegel put out a uh, an, an article. We talked about this a little bit in, in the last episode, but we didn't get into any real detail. The, uh, they put out this article uh, kind of uh, pointing out there was like a football leak. Uh, and they pointed out that, um, you know, a lot of the oil money that's in soccer, Man, Man City and PSG specifically, about how they're, they're skirting the, skirt, skirt, the financial fair play rules. All right? and <laughs> they're, they're trying to skirt, skirt out of their current <laughs> contracts. So uh, if you don't know what financial fair play is, it's uh, the, the simple concept is that Teams can't spend more money than they bring in, and the, the, it is, it, it's, it's the it's the only thing in place to help, uh, to to allow for some parity in in soccer and in these leagues. Because again, yeah, the, you know, if you make if you have a bunch of if you have a bunch of money, um, and and you're 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 a billion, and which most of these teams are owned by billionaires, so they they can use their own money to increase the quality of the club, which would be unfair to a team that's lower in the table because uh, they don't have extra money from other businesses to use to help the club grow. They have to use the money and the profit that they, that they bring in from how the club does 
uh, and then they reinvest that in themselves to help the club grow and, and be better. Uh, that's basically the concept. So, uh, but there's a lot of teams like Manchester City that that go on. You know, they'll they'll have a they'll have a transfer. Uh, you know, a summer transfer window of like, yeah, we just spent 120 million dollars. Then people are gonna ask, well, how do you have enough money to pay all those players and also run your business, run the club, and 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 keep the keep and the lights like, on? And they're like, duh, illegal oil money. Come <laughs> on now. Well, it doesn't. It's not even about legal or illegal. If they they could totally get their money uh, in a legal way, but they they're not allowed to use it to make the club better. They should. They are only allowed to use the money that they make from the club to uh, to reinvest that into into the club. So that that it, so it's around for some a little bit of fairness. So the issue uh, that that the what this highlighted uh, from Der Spiegel was that Manchester City and um, and PSG, I'm, I'm sure there were there were more other teams as well highlighted, but the that they kind of they cook the books they they do everything they can to make it look like they they are actually bringing in money from the club so that that it's like it's almost like um it, it's a weird it's like it's money laundering in in some weird way but it's like but it's just to it's for your soccer team which is strange it's like it's not for this like necessarily nefarious thing um but you are sort of cheating the system or gaming the system a little bit so the so one of the examples is like um you know let, let's say a jersey sponsor like is, is, let's say um cooligans fc has a jersey sponsor that's probably not worth not worth much money right so let's say so we're you know the cooligans logo we're we're on the the bug eaters have, uh, on, on their jerseys right so bug eaters has the cooligans logo and and if somebody said like oh that was that's that's probably worth like a thousand dollars uh and like oh that 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 would make sense to most people but if somebody if you looked at the our our books and 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 we brought it to our accountant and he was like oh your bug eater sponsorship is is worth 2.8 million dollars somebody would be like that seems like it's a the the cost is a little overinflated that that's yeah something's wrong with that because also then we sell that and we want 2.8 million (laughs) dollars So that's kind of uh, what's going on where things like that, where there's like things are seem to be overinflated. I don't know if you've seen Ozark, but that's money laundering is very much a part of that show. And that's kind of how you do it. Right. You you, uh, you have a new business. You got to buy air conditioners. Oh, every air conditioner uh, was forty thousand dollars. I don't know. It's just a high quality air conditioner. I like to I like to live in a freezer. Why are you asking me all we these gonna, questions? We going to be cold. <laughs> in fact, so cold. I can't reach over and grab those documents you want to see, <laughs> Mr. FBI. <laughs> so that's kind of what's going on, and and they and they pointed that out. And this is sort of a thing that we always we, we know. Like th- this is corruption in soccer is not a thing that we that is that is new to anybody. What what's sort of going on here, to me at least, uh, is as as a consumer, as the soccer fan, we kind of have to decide what we what we're okay with or what we want from this that you know uh, th- this is to me this is similar to the steroid era in 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 baseball when Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire they're hitting all these home runs the game baseball is more entertaining it's the most popular it's ever been uh and then we find out oh they're 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 cheating the game so but you are still 
really entertained by what they were doing before, uh, and now and now there's a sort of sense of of hypocrisy uh, when they're not blasting those home runs, uh, you know, uh, every other day. So right. So there's that right. So and and this is the thing that I think that frustrates fans of the game. Right. Because you're like, well, look, they're cooking the books, but that leads to better games. Right. And better teams. And I want to play with those teams on FIFA and I want to watch them when they're on TV. And then you're fans of smaller teams that don't have that. And you're looking at yourself and going, well, well, how are we ever supposed to get there? You know, do we all the only way to do it is to start cooking the books. Right. Which is why I want to present. Christian and Alexis, and I put your name first for legal reasons, uh, you know, accounting services, right? It's the <laughs> gulliest accounting service you'll ever find. Okay. Yes. Make sure make sure to call our representation, Ishmael Tajuri and Shradi. Uh, they'll yeah. take care of <laughs> Really issue. good law firm. And they are gonna, we're going to need all three of them. Uh, <laughs> um, look, uh, like you, exactly like you said, like we like these themes. We, I, it's fun. It's entertaining watching. Uh, around Madrid and Barcelona. Look at th- these amazing players that are so uh, paid so much money get to play together. PSG is one of these like, oh, let's put together an all-star team. Mbappe and Neymar on the same team is insane, right? Like from a financial perspective. It's so, it's so the insane. The fact I- that they bought them both in the same transfer window <laughs> just lets you know yeah. that illegal activity is being done. And you know what? It, what sucks is Mbappe is a, you know, say what you want about Neymar. I don't think he's a bad dude, but Mbappe is a unequivocally, like, just dope guy. He gave all his uh, World Cup money to, to to kids and people who need it. And, you know, he was like, money I got. And he's like, at least it'll be a good opportunity for somebody else. Yeah, People like that aren't made very often. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is just, and this is a child. Dude, when I was 18, if you gave me $180 million, I mean, I know he doesn't make it, but if you gave me millions of dollars i'd be like nobody gets it i don't know anyone in my family and i only talk i only talk to my my and my yacht and that's it <laughs> okay well i mean look i clearly you know you, if you get successful uh it's gonna be a problem but you're not gonna a lot of people are not gonna like you anymore you're just not gonna be the same guy find me some people that like me now and i will start to apologize to them now <laughs> yeah you need to get that list going so um, the, the other thing that Ter Spiegel uh, pointed out was the the european super league now it this was always like a rumor uh you know of all the all the top clubs in europe we're going to split off and 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 into their own league and play their own games um, this is at least a rumor going back as far as long as we've been doing podcasts. Yeah. Uh, this is going back, or you know, essentially Cooligans. This is going back to like 2015. Uh, so they're still talking about this, but now there's like emails, there's paperwork. Yeah. Now all the rumors were, uh, oh, we got the receipts. Oh, you were talking about this, like so. It it seems very much like uh, what's been going on is that all, all the big clubs, uh, the the Manchester Cities, Manchester United, Arsenal's. Uh, well, here, know, I'll read it out. Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Manchester United, Liverpool, Manchester City, Chelsea, Arsenal, PSG, Juventus, and AC Milan. Those are the ones that are guaranteed to stay. They can never lose and be dropped, right? So it's almost like there's your single entity right there. And then right. here, six teams or five Gar- teams are John invited. Garber is the commissioner of the Super League. Uh, that, <laughs> like, that's, where he's, that's, that's his next stop. 
we're going to talk about them in a second, though, because here's the five teams that were invited as special guests. And what that means is like, yo, you kind of good, so you could come in, but yo, you start fucking up, you out, right? Yeah. It's Inter, Roma, Atletico, Dortmund, and Marseille. And so in the, other words, it's and like... And the Colorado Rapids. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guess who's going to win it all? Colorado. <laughs> top of the... Uh, you know, let me tell you something. As soon as this popped up in my head, I'm like... We're probably only 20 years. If this happens in 2021, by 2041, I can see a world where Club America, Atlanta United, and Toronto FC, if things stay the way they are, could be invited to something like this. I totally, and and Boca Juniors, and River, and, and Peñarol, and, you know, I can see that. It's just, it's not even uh, a European Super League, it's just like the world Super League. Uh, World Super League minus China is what it's going to be called. <laughs> um, Here's one thing that pissed me off. If you're looking at all the names of these teams, how is how is Celtic, how is Glasgow Celtic not a part of this? I uh, get that they're not as big as the other teams, but they're huge. They draw massive fan bases. The fan base travels, and they're ready to spend more money. They want to be bigger, but they don't need to spend more in order to win the Scottish Premier League. At this point, they should just allow Celtic and Rangers into the Premier League and just make the Premier League one big unified league as opposed to just England. And those Scottish teams maybe get a little bit more money so they can start developing more players and get a little bit higher in the ranks. But it allows Celtic and Rangers a chance at the Premier League because you can't just play each other. Yeah, but I don't don't personally want to have this conversation because I – you know, I'm not a fan of this idea to begin with. So it, it is whether it's in, inevitable or not. I I I I lean towards this will uh, make the sport. Uh, this will dilute the sport, and I I don't want to see um, these the same teams playing each other all the time. The reason a Clásico is exciting is because it only happens two times a year. Uh, uh, the same thing with the Manchester derby. Like the like these games and seeing these. Um, international teams playing against each other. It, 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 the reason it's more exciting is because of how rare it is, not not because I just want to see it all the time. And and I don't it, agree with that. I think you know the one thing I think people don't really give credit to about soccer is that, especially in Europe, it changes all the time. Something like this was bound to happen. You know what I mean? I get your points. Like, well, if it happens every week, it's not going to be a special. You're right, but that doesn't mean that there's not an opportunity for people to see it. And what one of the things they're talking about is this gets them away from UEFA so they can make decisions on their own, kind of like they wanted to do in La Liga and play a game in the U.S. There's no reason why these games have to happen at, at one of either one of their parks. If it's, let's say, Manchester United versus Roma, that doesn't have to happen at Old Trafford or I forget the name of Roma Stadium right now. Yeah, but nothing, It could happen. Nothing, it could happen at, like, you know, where the Chicago Bears play, Soldier Field. It could happen there. Nothing has to happen. No, there's no rule. There's nothing that says this is how it's supposed to be. Obviously, things can change. I'm not, uh, you know, oblivious to that. It's just as a fan of the sport, that's where... Uh, that's where I side. And a lot of people feel that way. Some people... I don't disagree with you. But, you know, one thing you have to understand is that things change. And I don't know that this is... I I can't imagine that something like this, if they've been talking about it for two years and it keeps getting closer and closer and materializes more and more and more, you can't just will it not to happen. Something like this will happen, even if it's just a replacement for the Champions League. Even Uh, if they say, like, fine, we'll stay in our own domestic leagues, but 
when it comes to Champions League, we're going to have our own Super League, and we're guaranteed to be in it, and the rest of y'all have to play in to get in. So, so Okay, so let's think about why this is happening at all, right? Why, why are these clubs uniting to kind of try to break away from UEFA and do their own Because they want to spend oil money. Well, okay, so that, that's, maybe these financial fair play rules uh, come into it where maybe, maybe whoever's leading it, maybe if it's PSG and Man City and they're the ones that are like, that originally sent these, these emails and, and said like, all right, look, you're here, just spitballing, tossing out these ideas. Uh, hey, Arsenal, would you be interested in leaving Premier League and uh, us doing our own thing, right? It, it's almost like, um, the, like LeVar Ball. LeVar Ball created that, that other league so that kids that wouldn't, you know, they could play, uh, uh, they wouldn't have to go to college and they can make some money and stuff like that. So it, it, it's essentially, this is the LeVar Ball strategy of, of, uh, of soccer. So, and he never lost. He never lost. So, um, but, uh, but clearly there's going to be problems, even though, even though, you know, uh, people want, want change and, and maybe want this super league. The UEFA doesn't seem to be a big fan of it. Uh, Gianni Fantino did come out and say that uh, if any, because it, it, technically the clubs are not tied to their league, right? Like they could, they play in the league and the league gives them, organizes everything, but they don't have to. It's almost like if Manchester United didn't want to show up, what what could any, what could the FA really do? So that's sort of how I see this, where like the, 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 a, a bunch of clubs are, are planning this like this coup and they're going to break off and just start their own thing, which is the, you know, the, the leagues don't own the stadiums. The, they don't handle their tickets or there, there's no real, there's almost like no real connection between the league and the, and the club outside of, Hey, you're, this is when you play, you play this day on this, you know, on any given week or whatever. You know well, what I mean? And this is why people say that, you know, leagues in the U.S. are much more socialist in nature just by by theory, not politically, because they're, they're all right, we're going to control everything, we share everything, and you can't leave even if you lose. But in Europe, or especially in the Premier League, it's almost this agreement that, yeah, we'll take part in your structure, but we're our own independent, and we could do whatever we want. And if your rules get out of hand, we no longer have to abide. That's what happened in the early 90s when they broke off from the top flight division, um, which was, uh, being, I think, the top division. I forget what it was called in, in England. And they created the Premier League so that they can negotiate a better TV deal and a better, a better TV contract. And some of the major teams from the top division – broke off and created a new top division. Something like this isn't and look, look how well the Premier League has worked out. They're making millions of dollars. Yeah. People all over the world are bigger fans of soccer. I know there's a lot of people who are like, oh, we want old school soccer back and you know they don't like modern football. Yeah, I get it. But if you look at it on a whole, the the game of soccer is much healthier today than it was in the early nineties. Without a doubt. And but the only issue is and and the threat that Gianni Infantino, uh FIFA president made said that and this seems to be his only real um like strategy because because i think legally that there isn't much he can do right to to prevent this from happening but he said that what he can control is that he could ban players any any players that play in the super league he will ban them from the world cup which is fifa 
that's a very much a FIFA tournament. They control that. So that's a pretty bold threat to make. I don't know if it's enough to stop this from happening, but from a from a player's per- perspective and a, like a player's union perspective, I could see how if these European Super League talks kind of move forward, well, the, I, the players are definitely going to be like, well, I don't want to miss out on my World Cup eligibility, so I may not want to go forward with this. So the the leagues, the you know, the clubs can break off from from their leagues, but if they ain't got no players or if they're missing some of their be- best players in the world. I don't think this this happens. And that's not true because they're going to call that bluff immediately because how the World Cup can't happen without the superstars. No, I mean, I get that countries are still going to root for each other, but you're not going to get the TV money. You're just not. People want to see the big names. You're, you're going to get the regular fans of soccer. But if you want all those additional fringe fans that you normally don't get, which is what makes you know, the World Cup as successful as it is financially and commercially, you need the big names. Look what happened in the U.S., especially in places like the U.S. Look what happened when some of the big teams got knocked out early. Everyone was scared. And the way Fox kind of sold it, they sold it on only those big names. Well, when they got knocked out, they had to all of a sudden make Mbappe a big name uh, and try to try to sell him and Pogba because, look, they're still here. Doug, you're not going to get Neymar to leave one of those major teams, whoever he goes to illegally next, uh, because he's afraid he's not going to play in the World Cup. That's not going to happen. They're going to crumble. UEFA can't or FIFA can't all of a sudden say like, all right, we don't want Neymar in the in the in the uh, in the World Cup. That's impossible. We don't want Messi in the World Cup. Are you out of your mind? You can't make that. That's a bluff. All right, we'll see. I mean, somebody's going to have to. Uh you know, buckle. Somebody, somebody will fold. I mean, th- this is a, uh, a a weird situation, um, where where the clubs have a lot of power here, uh, and it isn't it isn't one of these things that, um, FIFA can can just dismiss. It's it's real so strange because it's like, um, we're we're hearing about the corruption, uh, 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 amongst the clubs and 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 some of the shady stuff that they can do. And then it's like the, the a, a corrupt organization trying to negotiate with another corrupt organization, and it's just like it, it, they just have their guns both drawn to each other. Uh, it, you know, it's that it's that office uh, episode where they all they're all pointing the finger guns at each other. They it's like who's gonna make a move? I don't know what, exactly what's gonna happen, but it, it's just that seeing this idea uh, uh, come f- like to fruition, and then now people saying like. Oh, 2021 is the start date. I'm like, yo, that's that that'll be here before you know. I mean, we're gonna need an we're gonna need some answers as to what's gonna happen because it it sounds like they are kind of already laying the groundwork to have a new league in two years. Oh yeah, they're trying to make it happen, and really, at the end of the day, is they're gonna have to figure out a way. And I think the answer is revenue share. I think what Germany did is really, really smart. If you all of a sudden say, fine, look, we're not going to stop Real Madrid and we're not going to stop Barcelona. And what's happening in La Liga is even worse because they control their own TV money. So everyone else isn't getting a cut of that Real Madrid or Barcelona TV money. They're keeping all the money to themselves, and which is fair. They're independent clubs, but they should be able to. There should be a structure like Germany did, which is 
turn their entire country into a, a player development pool. And if you were to do that, if you were to say, fine, we're going to get rid of financial fair play. But if you spend X amount of money, part of your TV money and part of your other money has to now go to the other teams in your league or to this pool of money that we're going to split amongst, I don't know, teams that are struggling. I don't know. They'll figure it out. But a revenue share structure is what should be happening to say like, all right, you want to go blow a bunch of money, don't cook the books. If you want to spend more money than you're making, well, you're going to have to give some of that to everyone else and let those teams use that money to develop their own players and try to compete. And then maybe you'll have more stories like a Leicester City or or teams that are doing pretty good and seem to be getting better like your Everton's and uh, like your Manchester United's. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Those... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, we all those those, those Cinderella stories of <laughs> Manchester United. Uh, those are always great. Um, so yeah, I look. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen, but at least at least uh, the Cooligans broke it down. So hopefully, that's uh, it. I ho- hopefully people understand a, a little bit more because uh, you know you go to you go for your soccer expertise uh, from two stand-up comedians uh, and. And we've never let you down even once. So, uh, all right. So that's it. That's the end of this episode. Thank you again uh, for listening. I, uh, I, I'm appreciative of everyone here. Uh, thank you again to our Gully Squad members for helping make this episode happen. Make sure you go to SoccerCoolingans.com. Join the Gully Squad. There's, a, again, a ton of options for you if you just want to help support the show. If you want to uh, just ask us some questions. You just want to be a part of the the Gully Squad Facebook group that's uh, that that's lit as hell. Uh, you want to play us in FIFA? Uh, anything, man. A lot of people have sent us a a lot of fun um, suggestions on, on on things they would like to see us do. Um, so you know, I know we got one uh, that I wanted to point out from from the homie Nick Lejman, Nick uh, who uh, invited us to the 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 Concacaf Champions the CCL game. game. Yeah, the CCL game. We hung out with him and his family. Uh, great dude, and he. He suggested that we do some uh, an episode, not maybe not necessarily a podcast, but something where um, uh, he, he says uh, Christian uh, reviews food, like finds uh, does like a food review of some kind, and and Alexis has to do uh, a, a food review of like gluten free and healthy options. So well, it would- clearly he's kicked out of Gully Squad. Sorry. <laughs> Mr. Lageman. Okay. All right, we we found the first uh, violation uh, that can get you kicked out. Of the <laughs> that is that is very anti-gully, making me eat healthy food. And also, where is Christian gonna find good food? He has no idea how to do it. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm gonna look through dumpsters out in the back of restaurants. I don't know where I'm going with any of this stuff. So. <laughs> So, uh, so that's like a, a, a fun suggestion. So hopefully, you know, maybe we can make something like that happen. Uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll bring in some healthy food, uh, uh on the next episode that Alexis can try out. Uh, don't you dare. <laughs> and then we can end our friendship and end the Cooligans as we know it. So <laughs> Cooligans is splintered off. I get cool. You get Iggins. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's going to be a civil war, uh, in that gully squad Facebook group. What side are you going to join? You want to be cool or you want to be an Iggin? <laughs> are you an absorbente or are you a sorbeto? Find out. <laughs> all right. Uh, team sorbeto. Hashtag team sorbeto. So, uh, all right. So that's it, guys. Thank you again for listening. We appreciate it. Sorry that this episode, uh, you know, came out a little later. But you know how it is. 
the 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 Seattle Sounders and the Portland Timbers decided to play their game uh, up until four in the morning, uh, and it was tough on a lot of us East Coasters. So, uh, yeah, anything anything you want to add, Alex? Any shows you have coming up? Anything you want to talk about? I'm actually going to be doing a show upstate on November 17th. I know that's a week away, but if anybody wants uh, more information, uh, hit us up. Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, it's going to be near Binghamton, upstate New York. So I don't know if we have any listeners up there, um, but I think there's only a few tickets left. I'm opening for uh, Paul Verzi, who just did Madison Square Garden as part of New York Comedy Festival and has a now record-breaking uh, you know, uh, special out on Comedy Central. Uh, the clips that they put out online have received more views than anything else uh, that they've put out in the past three years. Uh, so, uh, yeah, check that out. If you want to see me open for him, guys, great. We'll probably be smoking cigars after. Uh, hit awesome. us up. Yeah, uh, Paul Verzi, uh, absolutely hilarious comic. And, uh, yeah, check out his special is on Comedy Central. Uh, so make sure to check that out. I don't have – I'm not performing at um, – uh, Madison Square Garden anytime soon, but uh, we're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, I have a show uh, this uh, Sunday, uh, November 11th at in Bushwick, Brooklyn, uh, called Bushwick Bears. Uh, you can just go to great Christian, show. Great. You can go to christianpolanco.com if you want to see the my schedule. Uh, you know, follow me on Twitter at Chris Polanco. Follow Alexis at not Alexis and do all that stuff. I'm almost at 3,000 uh, followers. I'm like, I think I'm like 50 away. So somebody. Help well, you me know get what there. I'm excited about? Cooligans almost has as many followers as me. Oh, look at that. Yeah, I'm really happy. I actually want Cooligans to have more followers than I do. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I want that too. I want I want I care less if you have zero followers. Well, <laughs> thanks. Can those can Love those, you too, Christian. <laughs> can all those couple thousand go head over to uh head over to soccer cooligans? That'd be that'd be a lot better. Uh all right. Oh, you guys yeah. are the absolute best. Thanks again for listening. My name is Christian Polanco. My name is Alexis Guerreros. And together, what are we? The, the Cooligans! Cooligans!